Hello, and welcome to Reditations. My name is Celeste Johnson, and in this podcast, I talk about something I've read and then offer you a guided meditation based on the text. Today, I'm excited to be talking about Where'd You Go, Bernadette by Maria Semple. It's a book I picked up on a whim because I had heard of it before, and it's a very popular book. It was a national bestseller, and it was different than the style of book I usually read. I'm excited to chat with you about it today. So wherever you are today, settle in and let's meditate. There's a lot going on in this book. It discusses many different themes, but the one that stood out to me the most is the need to find purpose. Let me give you a little synopsis, and I think you'll see why this is so central to the book. The book is told by 8th grader B. Branch, and she's one of three main characters I want to discuss today. B. is the daughter of Bernadette Fox, who was once a renowned architect who received a MacArthur Genius Grant for her work. And B's father is Elgin Branch, who works at Microsoft as a software developer. Yes, this family is super rich, and that does play into what happens in the book, because as part of B's eighth grade graduation, she's allowed to choose a trip to Antarctica as a present for her perfect grades. At the beginning of the book, the family is planning this trip to Antarctica, and there are a couple problems. The biggest one is that Bernadette is pretty agoraphobic. She has a lot of untreated mental health issues that began when she suffered a traumatic event in her career, and she never really recovered from that event. So she continues to have a lot of anxiety, a lot of agoraphobia, so much so that she hires a virtual assistant to do all of her errands outside the house. Bernadette mainly remains at home and spends her time complaining about the people and place around her, and that place is Seattle. The family moved to Seattle to accommodate Elgin's job, and Bernadette no longer works, so she spends her time doing nothing, really. Anyway, back to the trip to Antarctica. Bernadette obviously doesn't want to go because it's everything she hates. Spending time with people in close quarters, being cold, dealing with turbulent seas, Bernadette is just not excited about the trip, and she spends a lot of time trying to figure out how to get out of it. I'm not going to recount all the details of the story to you because this book kind of reads like a soap opera. It jumps back and forth between a lot of characters, and there's a lot of silly stuff that happens in the middle. I'll jump to the important part, which is when Elgin decides that he needs to have Bernadette committed to a mental institution. This part of the book struck me as surprising because Elgin had not really taken any time to communicate with Bernadette and try to get to the root of the problems that he was seeing with her. He just decided that she, quote, needed help and decided that the best way for him to do that was to have her institutionalized. So he decides to stage an intervention with a couple other people involved. Except for, of course, Bernadette is not excited about that intervention. It comes out of the blue, she's not expecting it, and I think it's unwarranted, especially since she and her husband haven't had any real prior conversations about the issues at hand. So this intervention happens, and Bernadette makes a great escape. She disappears, and we later find out she disappeared through the bathroom window, thanks to help from her previously hated and now adored neighbor, Audrey Griffin. Audrey 
takes her into her own home, gives her some information about what has been going on without Bernadette's knowledge in her family. That includes some FBI investigation. After Bernadette gets the lowdown at Audrey's house and comes to learn a few facts that she had previously been in the dark about, she decides, spoiler alert, to continue on to Antarctica. She takes the trip, even though B and Elgin are now not going on the trip. They're staying at home because... Elgin's wife and B's mother has just disappeared into thin air, it seems to them, and they don't know where to find her. So their trip is canceled, although Bernadette continues on to Antarctica, which we only discover at the end of the book. Jumping ahead again, because there are a lot of twists and turns in here, the book ends with the idea that Bernadette has rekindled her passion and her creative spark for architecture on this trip to Antarctica, and she will be the designer of a new station for scientists in the South Pole. This is a pretty fantastical ending, and there were a lot of deus ex machina moments in the end of this book especially that kind of got to me a little bit as a reader. But all of that put aside, I did really appreciate the book's emphasis on the importance of creativity and how that can affect your life in so many ways. It affects your mental health, it affects your family and relationships with other people. The effects are vast, and I enjoyed that the book talked about that. I think it's something that we don't consider all the time, but being creative is life-giving and something that's essential to being a human. I'm not saying that once you reestablish your creative spark, if it's missing right now even, that all your problems will be solved as they are in this novel. In the novel, it seemed as though all of Bernadette's problems melted away when she had the realization that she needed to be creating again. And, of course, that's not usually the case in real life. There are other things that we have to deal with as human adults besides just creating. And creating things isn't an answer for everything, But in another way, it kind of is because creating things influences who you are at your very core. Creating things is a way to connect with the world around you when that's sometimes something very difficult to do. And it's also a way to connect with yourself. And I think those are all things that we see in this book, even if it is written a little bit fantastically. Before Bernadette decides to create again, She's living a life where she crams down all of her vitality and slowly kills herself by denying herself this gift of creation. She has so much to offer, evidently, and when she tells herself that she can't create, when she gives in to the resistance and to the events that have gotten her down in the past, it affects her negatively in every area of her life. When she begins to accept herself and listen to herself knowing a little bit more, when she begins to explore and find what's interesting and outside of her comfort zone, she begins to rediscover meaning and purpose in her life. And I enjoyed watching that journey happen in this book. She overcomes adversity in order to be creative. And when I say adversity, we've got to take this relatively because she is a rich white woman, but... She overcomes a lot of issues and a lot of pushback from the people around her, a lot of misunderstanding, 
in order to listen to her inner voice and listen to what she actually is meant to do, what she actually wants to do, what her calling is. That ability to overcome resistance and be creative despite all the voices that tell us not to is something that I think every human needs once in a while. And that's why I wanted to talk about this book with you. I wanted to offer you a reminder of your own creativity and how valuable it is because this book gave me a reminder of mine. With that said, let's meditate. As usual, we are going to begin with some deep breaths. So find a place that's comfortable, settle in, and take a big deep breath in with me. Scan your body and ask yourself how you're feeling today. Get into your own body, your own feelings. Get into yourself and begin to check in. Do you feel tension anywhere? Do you feel warmth or happiness or joy? Do you feel anxious sensations? Do you feel tension anywhere? Do you feel relaxation? Begin to check in with how you feel in your body. And with every breath, let go a little more. Now I want you to picture something with me. Picture doing something that you love to do, a creative act. That could be designing clothes. It could be baking. It could be yoga. It could be any number of things. I want you to picture whatever it is for you. And if you can't think of something right off the bat, give yourself some time because there's definitely something in there. Just let it come to you. No rush. Picture doing that thing you love to do very vividly in your mind. If it's baking, feel the sensation of the flour on your hands. If it's yoga, feel your breath going in and out, how it feels to stretch and contract. If it's dancing, hear the music. Whatever it is, really picture it. Really put yourself in that scene. As you picture this action, tune into the feelings that it brings with it. How does it change the sensations in your body when you picture yourself doing this thing? Do you feel calmer or more joyful? Do you feel a smile spreading across your face even? Tune into your body 
and ask it how it's feeling as you picture yourself doing this thing that you love. When I picture this thing, I feel sensations of warmth in my chest. I feel energy coursing through my body. I feel as if my voice is about to erupt from my throat. Maybe you're feeling some of these things or maybe you feel something different. Whatever you're feeling is exactly what you're supposed to be feeling. Whatever you're feeling in your body, can you remember the last time that you felt these feelings in real life? What were you doing that brought you these feelings of energy and purpose and joy? How often do you allow yourself these feelings? Are these something that come to you frequently? Or are these joyful feelings something that only visit once in a while? When do these feelings come to you? What are you doing? Who are you with? What are you creating? You don't have to judge these answers when you think about the questions. Just listen to them. Let them come and go. Now, I'm going to count from 10 to 1. With each number, I want you to picture more vividly Yourself doing the action that makes you feel these joyful, energetic, creative feelings. As we get closer and closer to one, I want this picture in your head to feel more and more like real life. Bring in the details. Imagine the sensations that it brings to your body. Picture the things you will create. With every number, let the imagination become a little more vivid. 10. Imagine the actions you are taking. 9. Imagine the setting you are in. 8. Imagine the sensations in your body as you create or perform. 7. Imagine the people surrounding you, if they are there. 6. Imagine what you will feel like after you've completed this creative act. Five, feel a sense of freedom in your body as you allow yourself to do this creative act without resistance, 
without judgment. Four, imagine the thing you are making or doing from an outside perspective. Admire it, look at it, take it in and enjoy it. Three, return to the sensations in your body as you create. Two, feel your breath coming in and out of you as you create. Feel the life force supporting your creation and feel your creation supporting your life force. One, imagine bringing the scene that you've created in your mind to life in your world after this meditation. Imagine what would happen if, as soon as this meditation finishes, you stand up and go create, whatever that means for you. Imagine how it will feel when you open your eyes, this creative energy and joy coursing through you. Imagine what you will do with it. When you are ready, gently open your eyes. Feel that creative energy and joy still coursing through your body. Feel how it supports your life force. And go forth and create. Thank you so, so much for joining me today for this episode of Reditations. I really look forward to sharing future episodes with you. And if you'd like to know what's coming next, you can always visit the website at reditationspodcast.com. There you can listen to all the episodes and keep abreast on what's coming up in the podcast. You can also support the podcast on Patreon. That link is on the website too and also in the show notes. Another way to support the podcast is to leave a rating or a review and to subscribe so that you get the podcast in your app every week. Rating, reviewing, and subscribing really make a difference for podcasters and it helps other people find the show as well. So thank you to all of you who do these things. To everyone, I wish you a healthy, happy week. I'll see you next time. Happy reading.